explaining to the Corinthians how he had come and and says in verse 4, And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that, that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. Now Paul was explaining that if the princes of the world had known who Jesus is, by the way, Jesus never was. Am I allowed to say this? Oh, I'm going to. He is, is, was, is, and always will be, is. Jesus is always present tense. Uh, he did not begin of the Virgin Mary at the manger scene. That is when the eternal God wrapped himself in human flesh. And if you can explain that, I heard a radio show host trying to explain that today. And uh, he did a very bad job, by the way, uh, as we would expect. And he asked this question. He said, I just don't get this. Was Jesus part man and part God? No, Jesus was all man and all God. And somebody said, why did he do this? And the man who was trying to explain was saying that he was showing his love to us, but the simple fact is he was showing his love to us, but there was no other way we could get past our sin to the Savior than to have God himself pay that price on the cross. And so tonight as we think of this time of year, as we think of the birth of our Savior, uh, I want us just to think about this, this little phrase, for had they known it. What about the innkeeper? Do you think if he had known who was going to be born in the manger in the stable out back that he would have done things different? I think he would have, but he didn't know. And so now we're going to have, I believe, Hannah, uh, uh, no, Anita, is going to sing Silent Night, that grand old hymn in Hindi. And so listen close as she sings tonight. The people who did not know who Jesus was, the faithful were there. God has always revealed his word to those who are listening. And you're going to have Hannah sing, Oh, come all ye faithful. She's going to sing it in Russian. Pay close attention to the beautiful words of this hymn because it talks about of the, a couple of the people who knew who Jesus was when he was born. Mary and Joseph knew. And I want you to think about what they went through as Mary had to make that 
65-70 mile trip, nine months pregnant, through walking through the hill, and I don't care how many Christmas stories you've seen and pictures on the cards, there was no donkey. They didn't have enough money to provide transportation. It was a walk. And Mary did all of those things knowing that she was carrying in her womb God in the flesh. Joseph, we could spend the whole night on his faith. As he just believed the testimony of the angel in his dream and took unto him Mary his wife and did not ask any questions. He trusted in God, in God's word alone, and transported his family there and made the best that they could with absolutely nothing. Someone said God wanted his son born in a manger so that no one anywhere, anytime could look and complain or say that God is above where I am and where I live. I can't think of any better definition of love than that. As God condescended to our level and allowed his son to be born in the poorest of a state. But that night, have you ever met anybody who says we shouldn't celebrate Christmas as Christians? I, I meet them all the time. And my first statement is, if God didn't want us to enjoy Christmas, then why did he send the angels to tell the shepherds? He did. They knew who he was. And they walked from the Judean hillside there to see the King of kings and the Lord of lords wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And they told everyone who would listen who he is. But my question is, how many people listened? You see, had they known it according to Paul, they would never have crucified him. Had they known who he was, he never would have been born in a manger. He never would have suffered the deprivation and the poverty and all of those things that we think about. But yet God did all of those things in his perfect plan. You can know who he is if you want to. And we'll be talking about that a little bit more. We're going to have uh, two more songs. Oh, come all ye faithful. Again, this is going to be in Tagalog. This is our Filipino group. So all of those that are in that, if you'll come. And uh, Carol, if you'll be ready as soon as they finish. Come right on up and sing without an introduction, okay? So you be ready to sing. And she's going to sing Blessed Assurance in the Lozai language. And so, turn back. If you have your Bibles or there's one in the pew there in front of you, back to the first epistle of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And... I want to talk just very briefly about two other groups of people that knew who Jesus was. In John chapter 6, we have Jesus giving a, a very confusing, uh, not confusing as far as what Jesus presented. He was presenting the fact that he was the bread of life, and yet the men who were following him misunderstood what he was talking about and 
And we've often said if it weren't the difference between eternity, it would be one of the strangest or funniest things in the Bible that the only passage Jesus was speaking of figuratively, they want to take literally. Uh, We do not take Jesus into our bodies by eating the bread at communion. That is a uh, teaching of many churches. And Jesus said, listen, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. But many of the people who were listening to Jesus turned and walked away from him. They didn't know who he was, who he is. And Jesus turned to his disciples and he said, Are you going to go away too? And Peter said, To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. Just a little while later, Peter would be on trial before the very men that had crucified, humanly speaking, the Lord Jesus Christ. And he would say, There is no other name, none other name given under heaven among men, whereby we must be saved, talking about the name of Jesus. And years later, as Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian people, Gentiles in history and in heritage, yet they would become Christians as they put their faith and trust in he who was born in the manger. And he said, my speech and my preaching was not with the enticing words of men's wisdom. Every time I read this passage, I think of the story of the, I was just about to say the great atheist, but there is no such a thing. Uh, The well-known atheist, uh, Aldous Huxley, who lived about 120 years ago, and, and he stood before a crowd and he would do all kinds of just uh, incredible things, fantastic things. One of his tricks was he would take a pocket watch and lay it on a pulpit or a platform in which he was speaking. He'd say, I'm going to give God 60 seconds to kill me. And he would curse God out loud for 60 seconds and said, See, that proves there is no God. But one day, he gave the challenge to the crowd. He says, who can disprove what I say? And one old man just spoke up and said, Mr. Huxley, I can't answer all of your arguments. He said, but could you find me one man who believes the things that you teach that used to be a drunkard and now is a father to his children and a husband to his wife? Mr. Huxley, could you find me one man who by your teaching removed himself from the depravity and degradation of the human race and is now living a good and clean life and helping others? He said, Mr. Huxley, if you could find one, I'll bring you a thousand whose lives have been changed by the man who died on Calvary's cross. That's what Paul was saying to the Corinthians. He said, I'm not here to answer all of your arguments. I'm not here to deal with you after the enticing words of man's wisdom. But I want to know, 
What has your atheism done for you? Because that one who was born as a babe in a manger has changed everything about my life. Every good thing in my life has come from believing on him. Could you say amen to that if you believe that with me tonight? He said, in demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest in the wisdom of man, of men, but in the power of God. You see, the disciples knew who he was because they were able to see and talk to him. Do you remember Thomas who said, unless I put my finger in the nail prints and thrust my hand in where the spear went, I will not believe. And the next Sunday night, Jesus appeared and said, come on over, Thomas, let's get this over with. And Thomas fell on his face and said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, blessed are you because you believe what you've seen. He said, but how about those who believe without seeing? If you hear someone that says they've seen Jesus, don't believe them. The only way you can see Jesus today is through faith in this book called the Bible. By the way, it's not a blind faith. Because every fact in this book that I can verify, that I can check with historical records, has been checked and verified. And every one of them has been criticized over the years until they found the proof that the Bible had been right all along because it always is. They wanted to argue about the governor of Syria when the taxing in Luke chapter 2 was taken out. And they argued and said, there's no way we can prove that this, in fact, we know who the governor was until they found a scroll and found out the governor, Cyrenius, had served two different terms. I want you to turn with me for a moment to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. See, there's one other group that needs to know, that can know who Jesus is. And John describes this here in his book, John chapter 20, the last verse of this chapter. It says, But these things are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Now, I want you to understand one thing. When Jesus came the first time, the vast majority of people who were living did not know who he is. John, in his, at the beginning of his book, says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. The world was made by him, and the world believed him not. But you can believe in the Savior if you'll choose to believe in the Savior. It's that simple. You look at the people who knew. The people who knew, Joseph and Mary. Mary was not just picked out as a single person. She had been living her whole life in purity and obedience to God's word. So had Joseph. The shepherds were serving God and doing their work, and we believe that they were the shepherds who kept the sacrificial flocks. 
That's why the angels appeared to them and told them about God's great sacrifice. Simeon had spent his whole life living in the temple waiting for the coming of the Messiah. Is it a wonder that he knew who he was? Anna had spent 84 of her years fasting and praying in the temple waiting for the coming of the Messiah. Is it a miracle? Is it amazing that she would know who he is as a little baby? Absolutely not. Is it amazing that the wise men would know? The best that we can tell is they had a copy of Daniel's prophecy. That was the link. They had been studying God's word. Is it amazing? No. Because when we are willing to seek him, what will God do? Someone, I remember an old preacher said, if you'll just take the first step to Christ, he'll take a step towards you. But his steps are a little bigger than yours are. Amen. The disciples knew and believed on him. And anyone who's willing to believe in his word, don't let Christmas be about a baby in a manger. Let it be about the Savior of your soul. And all God's people say, and we would be amiss if we did not take just a few moments. And can we have them come back and sing that song again? If they would. And as they're singing that song, listen to the words. If you're here tonight and you're not sure about your relationship with God, that's what Open Door Bible Baptist Church is all about. We'd love to take this book and sit down and answer your questions and show you how you could know that He is your Savior as well as the one who was born in the manger. Amen? And as you look at all of the things going on in preparation for the Christmas holidays, you know what? Maybe it wouldn't hurt to just sit there in your seat and give a little praise to him who gave it all. A great theme. It was just one little manger, but he gave light to all the world. And so as the song is sung, if you need to come, we'd ask you to do that. If you want to just pray at your seat, you're welcome. And when we're done, we'll have a word of prayer and we'll be dismissed. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your love to us. We thank you for the blessings upon our life. And Lord, the freedom that we can enjoy together here. Lord, we're thankful that we can meet together in your name. We're thankful for your word and what it teaches us. We ask that you would help us to simply live for you, your way, according to your word. Let us keep you the center of our Christmas celebration. In your name we pray. Amen.